to your right hand there are pleasures forevermore. Thank you for the pleasures of your presence. Thank you for joy in your presence. We bless you, our Father. We bless you, our Father. Put your hands together and celebrate him this morning. Hallelujah. Glory be to Jesus. Father, we bless your name. If you are near at the Elevation Church, I just want to bring you up to speed that in this church is all about Jesus. So we can take as much time as we want just to worship him. And just to bless him. Yeah. And I want you to just open up your heart this morning and just, just join us. Yeah. Just join us. And if you're watching online, I believe that God is set to bless you this morning. And I just want to encourage you also to put distractions away and just focus on what God is doing here and what God is about to do in your life this season. Praise God. I wanted to know something as before I go into the world this morning. That this is a season for you to invest time in his presence. Invest time in his presence. Jesus said, come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden. He said, I'll give you rest. There's no other place of rest except his presence. Yeah. And the first attitude that opens the door of his presence is the attitude of gratitude. We're supposed to approach his court with praise. That's what opens the door to us. Be thankful unto him and bless him. Just approach his, his court with praise and with gratitude. That attitude is the, the, the master key to his presence. And I don't know how this year has gone for you but I want you to come to terms with something this morning. If you want to enjoy his presence as we move into a new season and, you know, start to explore the things that he has for us, you need to flip the attitude and turn it around to become that attitude of gratitude. Yeah. That's the only thing that will open the doors of his presence to you. And you need to make up your mind to invest time in God's presence. Yeah, this season. There's no better way to prepare for what is ahead of us than to engage his presence. Engage in his presence. Praise God. Let me look at your neighbor and tell your neighbor, say, God is working in your life. Say, I can feel it. All right, give your neighbor a smile. <laughs> Glory be to Jesus. Look at somebody else and tell them, say, get ready. Amen. Say, there's more in God, more in God than, what you have than what you have experienced. First Kings chapter 18. Uh, we'll break a new teaching series. I want you to look at your neighbor. It's not too early to say Merry Christmas. Christmas is here. But one of the few things about Christmas is the joy, the forgiveness, yeah, the giving, and 
the food. Yes. The only thing about the food is that we're starting fasting tomorrow. So wait till after the fasting. That's why we brought it forward quickly. Yeah. I don't want to be a wicked pastor. Yeah. We could have started this fasting on the 28th. So, <laughs> I know some people will just take a leave of absence from the Elevation Church and resume mid-January. <laughs> so we start the fasting tomorrow, 10 days. We're trusting God for a turbo charge by the Holy Spirit. But I, I, I wanted to understand one thing. Christmas is a time of forgiveness, a time of joy, a time of giving. So please plug yourself into it. You shouldn't cross into the new year with stuff in your heart. Yeah. You know, poisons in your heart and things that you need to let go of. Yeah. So please let's keep that at the back of our mind. It's a time to help people. It's a time to lift somebody up. And we're doing a few things here at the Elevation Church this Christmas uh, that you can plug into, especially if you don't have time to do anything on your own. Uh, the, the Christmas Jollof package for the less privileged, uh, a 10,000 naira package, we're, we're giving to 500 families. Yeah, you can choose to bless two families, you can choose to bless one, bless five. Yeah, for 500 families, we're taking nominations from our connect groups. Our connect groups are scattered all around the different places that people live, and then they're charged to identify people who need the Christmas Jollof package. And we're going to get it across to them uh, through their nomi- nomi- uh, the people who nominate them and several other ways by which you can get people who need this. And on the Boxing Day, on the 26th, we're going to be having our annual soup kitchen. This is the seventh one because from the first year of the Elevation Church, we've held soup kitchens on Boxing Days. And the number, you know, has been growing. Last year, God used us tremendously to bless many families I mean, I can't remember the figures now, but I think we had, we had maybe about 700 or 800 kids, just kids, yeah, and then adults. I mean, altogether, maybe we had 1,500 or 2,000 people. So Boxing Days, that's how we've always done it. We come with the kids, so our kids can serve them food, and we can also serve adults. Um, I also want you to bring your clothes that you're not wearing again. Make sure you launder them and let them be clean, and bring them in shoes that... Uh, you know, levels that you have shifted from, yeah, that you, because you know in 2018 you are shifting levels. Yeah, so your wardrobe too will shift level. So all the things that you need to clear out, clear them out and bring them because your old level is a breakthrough for somebody else. I hope you understand what I'm saying. Yeah. So, let's bring them here. That's what we do on Boxing Day. Just blessing people. Yeah. So you want to be a part of that one way or the other, send us an email, info at elevationng.org, approach the information center, let us know how you want to be a part of that. We had our prison um, outreach, uh, I think last week or so, it was fantastic, we gave out a lot of stuff uh, at, at the prisons. We, this past week, we got an award from uh, the, the Federal Prison Authority. I thought you would even have that on the screen, maybe next Sunday I'll show it. Yeah. So we got an award, not for a one-off thing that we do, no. We are the prisons every month, sometimes twice a month, 
and at the different prison locations. We have rehabilitation programs at the prisons. Yeah, we, we teach them skills and then we help them to sell the things that they produce. We we'll participate in their uh, rehabilitation process post uh, uh, their jail term. Yeah. We have, I won't be surprised this morning if we have ex inmates here now worshiping with us because of our efforts at the prisons. Yeah. I get to see a, lo- a few of them come in to greet us, to greet me after the service. Some will help to relocate back to whichever part of the country they came from so they can reunite with their family. So that's, that goes on, you know, year long. That's why they deemed it fit to give the Elevation Church the award uh, last week, and one of our ministers was there to collect the award on our behalf. So a lot of things are going on. All I'm saying is Christmas presents the best opportunity for you to be a part of a lot of the things that we do. And as we're going to 2018, you make up your mind that you're not going to warm the pews here. You're also going to be a part of some of those things and fulfill destiny and let your life count for someone beyond your family. Some of us are content with our life counting within our family. God told Abraham, through you, I will bless the nations of the world. Yeah. And we are descendants of Abraham. So our lives must count beyond the scope of just our family. Yeah. There's a bigger family. It's called the family of God. Everyone created by God is part of that family. And then they say, smaller family, which is the church, the big church, everyone that has been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. And then there's a local church, which is like a church like the Elevation Church. Yeah. And within the local church, you should have a small group where you belong. Whether you serve together or you just do life together. Yeah. Before we then come to your own nuclear family, which is where you take ultimate responsibility. But God wants you to be a part of everything that he's doing in our world today. Say amen, somebody. So be a blessing to someone this Christmas. Ask us questions about how you can be a part of that. You can give, you can bring stuff. Uh, please approach the information center, send us an email, and we'll avail you uh, the opportunity to be a part of what God is doing. First Kings chapter 18, I'll read from verse 41. Trouble charged by the Holy Spirit. As we cross into 2018, we're trusting God to trouble charge us by the Holy Spirit. Trouble charge us by the Holy Spirit. How many of us have seen some of those Fast and Fury uh, um, movies before? Those you know, fast car movies. Yeah. You, 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 so how many of us love fast cars? They love fast cars. Yeah. Yeah. I will be surprised if some people did not lift their hand because I know you do. Yeah. I'm looking out for the people that do. Praise God. <laughs> yeah. So you, you, you know what happens when uh, the car is moving and, you know, the racing is going on and all of a sudden, a car just, boom, somebody flips something like a switch and a turbo charge kicks in. And the car that is moving slowly before, boom, and just, yeah, yeah, just takes off like that. Uh, it's the same thing. The Holy Spirit can turbocharge a person. Yeah. That's what we're looking into this season. First Kings chapter 18 from verse 41. Then Elijah said to her, go up, eat, drink, for there is a sound of abundance of rain. Elijah was able to hear the sound of abundance of rain in drought. That was unusual. That has to be absolutely through the help of God. For someone to be able to hear the sound of abundance of rain when there is a drought. So, so Ahab went up to eat and drink. And Elijah went up to the top of Camel. Camel is a mountain. 
to the top of Carmel. So while Ahab, the king, went to eat and drink, Elijah took a different position in. He went up to Carmel. Look at what he did there. Then he bowed down on the ground and put his face between his knees. Bowed down on the ground and put his face between his knees. I don't want to break it back, so, so I, I, but I'm trying to do it, but I, I'm sure you understand what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah I need to preach next service, all right? <laughs> but this is what I'm trying to do. <laughs> Elijah put his head in between his knees, bowed himself. You may be wondering, was this some kind of spiritual positioning? Like they do in yoga or... You know, any of them. <laughs> what, what was it really trying to do? I'm going to talk a bit about that. But let's, 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 let's finish this reading. We want to see the effect that it generated. Then we're going to analyze what it did. Praise God. I said praise God. So. Then he bowed down on the ground and put his face between his knees. And said to his servant. Go up now. Look toward the sea. So he went up and looked and said, there's nothing, as in nothing, nothing. (laughs) And seven times he said, go again. So this chap went and came back and he said that discouraging word, nothing. And the prophet said, go again. And he maintained a positioning. And then the guy went and came back. And Elijah had the gift of perseverance, the emotional fortitude to keep sending this guy, go. Go again. Go again. Go again. I'm speaking to somebody here this morning. I don't know how 2017 has been for you. Maybe you have been going and going and there's nothing. I mean, you know, the the horrific part of this story is trying to get into the emotion of Elijah anytime the guy got back and said nothing. Because maybe on the fourth time or the fifth time, Elijah should have changed position. And ask himself the question, is it really worth it? All this acrobatics, all this lifting of holy hands, all this, you know, praying in the spirit, or all this, you know, plenty of worship, I worship, not an embassy, I worship, uh, this, I, I worship with, uh, uh, w- mention a name again for me. Frank Edward, I did this, I did that, yeah. I did, did all night, all day, some people even experienced Friday, all night, you know, all that. You have done all kinds of things, Yeah. Is it really worth it? You know, that's what some people will start to say. Is it really worth it? Because I, I, I needed to internalize the feeling when the guy returns and says, nothing, prophet, nothing. Yeah, nothing. Because some people are listening to me right now. Maybe you lost a job since January and you've not been able to get another one. In fact, maybe you lost a job since last year. Yeah. And you, you, you struggled through 2017. Maybe... You've just tried to patch up your marriage all through this year. It's been hanging on a 
on, you know, on a shoelace, you know, something like that, all through the year. Yeah. And you don't know, you know, where this thing is going. Yeah. Because at that point, I'm, I'm, on the fourth count, Elijah obviously will say, I don't know where this thing is going, but, uh, you know, I spoke to the, to Ahab to go and eat and drink. <laughs> because I said I, I can hear the sound of abundance of rain, but nothing. No cloud. And before there can be a rain, there has to be the cloud. And you have to be able to see the cloud. But this guy went and came, went and came, and there was nothing. But on the seventh count, on the seventh time he said, go again. Then it came to pass the seventh time that he said, there is a cloud as small. As in, the, the, these descriptions are too, this guy, this, I don't know where they got this servant of the prophet from. But you should, you should at least encourage the prophet. Yeah. You, you can say something like, I saw a cloud as big as the size of a man's hand. Not as small. Because <laughs> what he was trying to tell the prophet is, you know what? It's not worth it. <laughs> this is not working. This, this thing is not working. Yeah. Instead of saying as big as the size of a man's hand, said as small. You can't blame the guy because what Elijah said was a sound of abundance of rain. For you to have abundance of rain, you need abundance of cloud. <laughs> so, uh, this guy is not a bad guy after all. He was comparing what he was supposed to see with the size of the vision that the prophet already casted. I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. Yeah. So, he said, there's a cloud as small as a man's hand rising out of the sea. So he said, go up, say to him, prepare your chariot and go down before the rain stops you. Now it happened in the meantime, that the sky became what? Oh, I cannot hear you. Don't be like the servant of the prophet. Say it. Because people are still saying gray. No, it's black. Yeah. This is black cloud. The kind of cloud that can deliver a deluge. Yeah. The kind of cloud that can deliver abundance of rain. So he said that the Sky became black with clouds and wind, and there was, there was, there was, I cannot hear somebody, there was, declare this morning there's rain coming upon you. I hear the sound of abundance of rain. I said, I hear the sound of abundance of rain. I don't know what abundance of rain means to you, but whatever it means to you. The God that made it happen in the days of Elijah is still here. Yeah. Yeah. The God of abundance of rain is still here. He's still here. He's still here. So, so Hab rode away and went to Jezreel. Then the hand of the Lord came upon Elijah and he gathered up his loins and ran ahead of Hab to the entrance of Jezreel. I don't know about you this morning, but it's time 
to prepare. It's time to take a different posture. It's time to see something differently. It's time to see ourselves to fall in line with the things that God wants to do. To be turbocharged means to be fueled with a new burst of speed and energy. That's what it means to be turbocharged. And it's the Holy Spirit that can turbocharge a believer. It's the Holy Spirit. It's the one that can turbocharge a believer. And the place of turbocharge is his presence. You can't get it anywhere else. Only in his presence. Yeah. In his presence. So wherever you may be right now, whether you are in your harvest season, that means 2017 has been powerful, great, lines fell to you in pleasant places, all things happened well, all things bright and beautiful, and you just had a ball all through 2017. You are in your harvest season. The Bible calls our God the God of the harvest. Whether you are in your seed season, your sowing season, and you're supposed to be breaking grounds, and the ground is a bit hard, and patched and you know difficult starting something new moving and in transition trying to get another job trying to start a new business or, or trying to move this marriage from this dry and tasteless marriage to this beautiful and joyful and peaceful home there are responsibilities and requirements that life is placing on you and it's not been funny God is still the God of your seed time. Are you still here today? Psalm 126, the Bible says, He that goeth forth, bearing precious seeds. Yeah. He that goeth forth and cries and weeps. Yeah. King James says, and weep it. I like that one. Weep it. Yes. <laughs> weep it. Talks about continuous crying. <laughs> yeah. He that goeth forth. Yeah. Said, shall doubtless return. Yeah. Bearing precious, it shall doubtless. Somebody say doubtless. Yeah. Psalm 126, verse, verse 6. Shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. Because God is the God of your seed time and is also the God of your harvest time. Yeah. So wherever you have been in 2017, I want to remind you this morning that God is the God of your seed time and is also the God of your harvest time. He provides, the Bible says, seed to the sower and bread to the eater. It gives grace for us to sow our seeds at the right time, to take the right posture, the right positioning. And even in harvest, it's the one that helps us to know that the best of God is never in our past, it's always in our future. So as you enjoy harvest, know there's more where that is coming from. Yeah. Don't let your harvest take you away from God. So whether in seed time or harvest time, the experiences are supposed to draw draw us back to God. For us to understand that God is the God of my seed time at the same time the God of my harvest time. Yeah. Harvest should not take us away from him and the demand of continuous seed sowing, he that goeth forth and whip it. That demand should not take me away from God. Yeah. Because people ask the question, where is God? Yeah. Where is God? When my marriage broke down. Where is God? When I was rationalized at work. Where is God? God is with you. 
You need to seek him because he's seeking for you. Yeah. And the best, best place that we seek him is when we put time aside. Getting ready to be turbocharged by God. We put time aside in the place of prayer. That's where we're seeking. That's where we're seeking. So, to ensure that you are turbocharged, you need to recognize the season that you are in. You need to recognize the season that you are in. And part of recognizing the season that you are in is that you have to take position. Take position. Something is happening in the season, in this season that will galvanize you to your next level. Yeah. So recognize the season that you are in. One of the major things that will characterize this season is to behave like Elijah. When Elijah said, I hear the sound of abundance of rain, the next thing that he did was to take a position. Yeah. He told the king to go and be celebrating. But as far as he's concerned, as someone that has power with God, Ahab was cut off from God that time. He was just a figurehead um, leader of Israel. But the main person that God was dealing with was Elijah. Yeah. Elijah knew that if I'm going to walk with God, I need to take a different posture, which is to go to Carmel and take a position. You understand this a little better when you read James chapter 5 and verse 17. The apostle James in the New Testament described what happened on Carmel. He took it beyond just a physical positioning because you can finish that and not see prayer there or see communion with God there because the Bible only said that he took a position. When James started to write about it in, 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 in James uh, chapter 5 and verse 17, he said Elijah was a man with a nature like ours. And he prayed earnestly that it would not rain and it did not rain on the, on the land for three years and six months. Verse 18 says, and he prayed again. Somebody say again. Yeah. Verse 18 describes what happened on Mount Carmel. That second prayer, he prayed again. In the Old Testament account, he only told us about his positioning. In the New Testament, the writer of the book of James you know, helped us to understand exactly what happened on Mount Carmel. And that's verse 18 of James chapter 5. And he prayed again, and the heavens gave rain. Did you see the rain? Can, can I hear somebody? Did you see the rain where we read before? The heavens gave rain, and the heart produced its fruit. Ladies and gentlemen, the heart still has plenty of fruit for you. I cannot hear your Amen. How do we get the heart to produce for us? It's by allowing the Holy Spirit to turbocharge us in the place of prayer. So we start to understand what is ahead of of us. Yeah. What is ahead of us. And when you start to walk with the Holy Spirit, for the Holy Spirit to turbocharge you, the first thing the Holy Spirit wants to do is to change your perspective about what is happening around your life. Yeah. To change your perspective. That's the first thing, is to change your perspective. To change your perspective. In Habakkuk chapter 2, when you read from verse 1, he said, I will stand upon my watch. He said, set me upon the rampart that I may... Uh, uh, can, can, you, can you put that up for me? Habakkuk, yeah. He said, I will stand upon my watch. Set, set me upon the rampart and watch to see what he will say to me. Watch to see what he will say to me. And what I will answer when I'm corrected. A different perspective. Watch to see what he will say to me. As we take position this season to seek the face of God, 
The first thing that we must be looking out for is how we're going to get a change of perspective. A change of perspective. Verse 2 of Habakkuk chapter 2 says, And the Lord answered and said, Write the vision and make it plain on the tablet that it may, it may run who reads it. Say, for the vision is yet for an appointed time. But at the end, it will speak and it will not lie. Though it tarries, wait for it because it will surely come and it will not tarry. As we seek God's face this season, getting ready to be turbocharged by the Holy Spirit, one of the things you need to be aware of and watch out for is a change of perspective. A change of perspective. A change of perspective. A change of perspective. Preparing for an abundance of rain. Every rain, what does that mean to me as an individual? What does it mean to my family? What does it mean to your business? What does it mean to your career? What does it mean to us as a nation? Because we don't really get off from, you know, pictures of doom in Nigeria. Most of the time, it's just the the pictures are always very funny. Just pictures of doom. As we go to the end of the year now, the economists will start to make postulations about next year. And a lot of the time, there will always be one or two things that will say, if this one, everything will scatter. We've never really been able to get away from there. Yeah. But when you get troubled by the Holy Spirit, when you take a different positioning, what happens is that you start to see certain things differently. You will not call a bend an end. They're two different things. Yeah. They're two different things. They're two different things. They're two different things. It takes the workings of the Holy Spirit when you start to break your fallow ground, like it said in Hosea chapter 10 and verse 12. It's time to break your fallow ground because God wants to pour an abundance of rain. It will rain righteousness upon you. Yeah. Rain righteousness upon you. The place of prayer is a place where we break our fallow ground. And we gain new territories that God pour out, pours out abundance of rain upon us. As I round up this morning, I need you to understand something. That the Holy Spirit wants to give you a new perspective. How do you see yourself? Do you see a need to change your work with God? Do you see a need to reconnect vitally with God? Have you become disillusioned? Wondering what's happening around your life? Or are you taking charge of the future? Because today, was it yesterday? I mean, the, to, to, the tomorrow you spoke about yesterday. Yeah. And you can allow the Holy Spirit to capacitate you to take charge of 2018, 2019, 2020, as far as your eyes can see. This season is not essentially about 2018. Though we're going to bring it before God. It's beyond. Yeah, it's beyond. What God has ahead of us is massive. And we need to be able to see it. That's why I've been saying that every person in this church, especially all the young folks here, you need to, to have a 20-year plan. Yeah. You need to have a 20-year plan. Because the Holy Spirit wants to prepare you ahead. In the, in the, I mean, maybe in, within next week, we're going to put up um, a guide to a 20-year plan, 
somewhere on our website and I will encourage you to download it. Use it as a guide to do your own. If you're 40 now, whether you like it or not, in 20 years, you're going to be 60. Yeah, you don't have a choice. It's not something you pray about. Yeah, you don't pray about that. Yeah, you're just going to turn 60. If you're 50 right now, you're going to be 70 in 20 years' time. You need to be able to ask yourself, what's up at 70? Yeah, what's 70 going to look like? Yeah, where's my income going to be coming from at 70? Yeah, what, 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 you know, how am I going to finance my daughter's wedding? Yeah. <laughs> you need to ask yourself some, some of those questions. <laughs> yeah. The, those, are, those are, I mean, if, you, if you're in your 30s right now, whether you like it or not, you'll be in your 50s in 20 years. Yeah. You need to ask yourself, what kind of a man, what kind of a 50-something-year-old do I want to be? Is it the one that is still running from place to place or the one that, that has, you know, a lot figured out? It's the turbo charging of the Holy Ghost now that can propel a man. I'm not talking about little speed that you will break through in 2018. Yes, you will, but it's not for 2018. I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. Yeah. We're talking 10 years' time, 20 years from now. We're talking about a turbocharging that <laughs> your children, if you tell the story that in 2017 something happened to my spirit, they'll say, thank you, Jesus, because that was when our destiny took shape. <laughs> yeah. Are you still with me right now? That's what we're talking about here. So lastly this morning, Ephesians 5 and verse 18, I love that scripture. As a young teenager, I used to just meditate on that scripture so much. And all by myself, just get drunk in the spirit. Yeah. Just get drunk in the spirit. All by myself. Ephesians 5 and 18. I remember when I was in the boarding house, I had, I had, I had a, a, a poster that I put on the wall. And it was about Ephesians 5 18. And I wake up in the morning and just look at it and just pray that the Holy Spirit will just fill me afresh. He said, don't be drunk with wine in which is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit. Be filled with the Spirit. Be turbocharged by the Spirit. Be turbocharged by the Spirit. And like I said, when you're turbocharged by the Spirit, the first thing the Holy Spirit wants to do is to change your perspective about your life. Have you seen a drunkard before? How many retired drunkards are here? <laughs> one, of <the> things, <laughs> one of the things that, you know, the kind of experience that they can share with us. Yeah. Perhaps, I mean, I, I only got drunk, like, is it once or twice in my entire life? Yeah. I think I've been drunk once, just once before. I'm talking about with alcohol, in the spirit, severally. Yeah. But with alcohol, maybe once or twice, yeah. And I cannot forget the most vivid one. As a very young boy, I got drunk. Was in the city of Ibadan, and I had to take a bus home. Yeah. When I entered the bus... And I spoke to the conductor. He looked at me like, where are you from? Because of what I said. The audacity with which I was speaking. Yeah. <laughs> to the conductor. Small boy. I cannot forget. I think I got beaten. I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> because I was, I was literally just abusing the guy. And he didn't do anything to me. But I was drunk. See, people here have experience, I'm, I'm sure. You can approach somebody after service and allow them to. 
But this is where I'm going. If you tell a drunkard to come down from this podium, he may ask you, which side should he come down from? Because everywhere is looking big. So if he wants to come down, instead of lifting his leg down, he will raise it up. That's why the Bible says, when men say there's a casting down, who will say there's a lifting up? Because we are drunk. Glory be to Jesus. When you allow the Holy Spirit to turbocharge you, you see some things differently. You see a situation that other people are calling an end. You say it's a bend. Because there's an highway, you know, there's a highway just across the corner, and that's where I'm going. It's a highway of destiny. I'm just negotiating a bend, and then I eat. Yeah. When they told Jesus, your friend Lazarus is dead. Jesus, having been turbocharged by the Holy Spirit, had this to say. He is not dead, he's asleep. That's a different perspective. The greatest gift that the Holy Spirit wants to give somebody here this season is a change of perspective. Yeah. Are you ready for it? I said, are you ready for it? Lift your two hands to Jesus this morning. And say, Holy Spirit, fill me afresh with your presence. Fill me afresh with your presence. Fill me afresh with your presence. I don't want to be where I've always been. I don't want to remain where I've always been. I want to step ahead. I want to see my future. I want to understand the things that are ahead of me. I want to understand my calling. I want to live a life of purpose. I don't just want to make a living. I want to live a life. Jesus said in me, you have abundance of life. Not just a living. Abundance of life. A greater expression of life. That is beyond human understanding. Somebody speak to Jesus today. Will you again commit yourself to seek him this season? As we start out from tomorrow. Commit yourself to seek him. That this next 10 days and beyond. Jesus, I'm going to create time to seek you. He said, they that seek me early shall find me. Lord, we're seeking you early. We're seeking you early. We want to find you. And see the next 5 years, the next 10 years, the next 20 years. And have a clear, crystal clear understanding of what is ahead of us. Lift your two hands to him this morning. Lord, I want your presence. Lord, I want to see your glory. I want to see your glory. I want your presence. The presence is everything to us. And that's what we want. That's what we want. That's what we want. We don't want to see a man. We don't want to see a woman. We just want to see you. To see you high and lifted up. Lifted above every situation that we're encountering right now. That we may be sold out to you afresh. As we seek your presence. Somebody receive grace this morning to seek his presence. His presence is everything to us. Will you tell him, Holy Spirit, I desire you afresh this season. That you will turbocharge my spirit for what is ahead of me. That I will no longer be a slave to fear. 
that I will not be afraid of my future any longer. I know there are uncertainties, but one with God is a majority. You are the one who can part the Red Sea. You are the one who make mountains to skip like rams. There may be Red Sea on the way, mountains on the way. But when the Lord has gone ahead of us, when the Lord has gone ahead of us, make a lot of suffering. Wave your hands to Jesus all over this place. Father, we thank you for your presence here. We thank you for your presence in this place. We receive the spirit of grace and supplication upon everyone under the influence of this service. Everyone watching online, let the spirit of supplication come upon your people today. Let the spirit of intercession come upon your people today. Help us to be able to tarry in your presence. Help us to be able to tarry in your presence. Father, we bless you. Father, we bless you. Help us to seek you this season. We thank you, our Father. As we round up this prayer this morning, I just wanted to pray this last one, which is, Lord, give me grace to detox emotionally. I don't want to step into this season with bitterness in my heart, with poisonous stuff in my spirit and in my heart. I want somebody to look back at 2017 and just let go of the hurt, let go of the unforgiveness, let go of the bitterness. Quickly, lift your hand, right hand to Jesus and just declare it. I let go. I let go. I let go. I let go. Somebody here, you need to stop the hunger. You can approach God with hunger in your heart. So wherever the source of the hunger is, will you just speak to God this morning? Lord, I let go of the hunger. I let go of the hunger. I forgive. You need to write off somebody's emotional death. Somebody's owing you emotionally. Yeah, they wrong you. Yeah, but it's a bad debt. Don't carry it into next year. Just write it off right now. Write it off. Just write it off. Just tell God, Lord, I'm writing it off right now. I decide to write it off. Yeah, yeah. I decide to just write it off. Just write it off right now. Because you have the power to do it. You have the power to do it. Just, just, just write it off. Write it off. And balance, balance your books right now. And let God know that you're just letting go of it. Just forgive and let go. Somebody says something against you, forgive and let go. Yeah. Just forgive right now. You don't want to step into this season of seeking God's face with bitterness in your heart, with animosity in your heart. Just let go. Just balance your books right now. Right now. And make a decision. Make those things bad debts and let them go. Let them go. You have the power to do it. Exercise your power right now in the presence of God. Talks your spirit right now, right now. Wave your hands to Jesus all over this place. Grace flowing right now here. God is healing our heart, healing our spirit. I see an, an army rising up from this house that will unleash on the power of darkness as we get turbocharged by the spirit. Everything that is not of God in your life is coming to an end. Everything that is of God is taking a new life. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Father, we bless your name. We give you glory and we give you praise.